Hello, welcome to the Live Capoeira, and very pleased to welcome our guest today, Graduada Esquiva, who is in Salvador Bahia. Welcome. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I was. I've enjoyed the last couple of episodes of your podcast, so yeah, I'm pleased to be part of it as well. Brilliant. So let's jump in then. How did you get started on your capoeira journey? Where did it begin? Um, actually, a really long time ago, back in Australia, back in the day when I was living in Australia, I worked in a blockbuster video. I was old enough to remember that. And one of my customers was this Brazilian guy and he would always come in and say, oh yeah, I give these classes, you should come along. You should give these classes, you should come along. And I always said, yeah, 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 I will. Three years later, right before I was ready to move to the UK, I had some extra time on my hands because I got one of my jobs. And I finally went along and it was a capoeira class. And of course I loved it. And um, it was group... Zambia Congo, which is uh, the group of Master Jenny, who's a student of Master Bimba, and his son, uh, Master Luis Barbento, he was the leader of that group in Australia. But I trained Caracol, who is, well, he's Contra Master Caracol. Must in November, he has his formatura for Sam Master. So shortly, Master Caracol, and now they're called Shango because they've changed their name. Yeah, so I started with them back, back in the day, back in Australia. But yeah, then I moved to the UK, like three months after starting and finding this amazing thing. I moved to the UK to study at, at Oxford and yeah, completely forgot about Capoeira while I was trying to figure out how to live in a new country, study at a fairly serious university that I wasn't maybe prepared for and, you know, working and everything. But then a few years after that, I met a friend in, in Oxford and he said, oh yeah, I trained Capoeira with a friend of mine who... Um, teachers and I was like oh yeah I do capoeira too back in the day for a couple of months so I went along with him and I abolished them that is in Oxford the measure of the group is Louise Nagana Cizu and the professor who was giving the class at the time was Professor Dorado and he is English but one of the best capoeira professors that I've ever had he just explains everything so well so it was a really amazing group to be part of because you know on the one hand you had this movement teacher who was really amazing at explaining the movements and you know showing you how to do that with your body and on the other side you had this mastery from Salvador Bahia from the lineage of mastery Bimba like a direct lineage from mastery Bimba as well and had that real knowledge about capoeira the culture of capoeira so I had both of those amazing things going on so again I fell in love with capoeira again and trained there for seven years before I moved to Brazil it's <laughs> quite a lot to say <laughs> How did you get your apelido along the way of Esquiva? Oh, well, that, yes. So the first time I played in the Hoda with my then Mestri, because I've since changed groups, but the first time I played in the Hoda with Mestri Nagam, it was like my second class. And so he would like lift his leg up to do a Melo de French. And I would just kind of like stare at him and he'd be like, Esquiva, Esquiva. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. And then the next kid could be an Armada and I'd still be standing there and he'd be like, you need to esciva. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, of course. And so at the end of the hot he just looked at me and he said, your name is Esquiva. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I love this story. So you've had Capoeira in Australia, the UK, Bahia. How do they all compare with each other? I mean, obviously you had the Bimba's lineage in, in both Australia and the UK. And obviously only a few months in Australia, but were there any big major differences that you noticed? Well, so yeah, so in the UK, Group of Bolas now, it's a traditional Hegenel group that does Capoeira Hegenel, the Mestri Bimba. Perfect. So from there, my Mestri, he organized a lot of times for us to visit Brazil. Um, so I visited Brazil with my Mestri 
a number of times, I think three times. And so when I was here, I met someone who was also a couple of Ishta. And so things happened after a while, about five years ago, I decided to move here to be with him. And then when I first moved here, I stayed as part of Abolison. But then I was obviously training with my partner's group. I was teaching in my partner's group. I was doing everything with my partner's group. So after, and there's no one else from Abolison here in Brazil. It's just a, in England. Um, so after some time, it just made sense to change groups since all the work that I do is with this group. So I spoke to Mestre Nagal and he was like, yeah, I understand, don't worry. So I changed group. And so here, my group is not a traditional Hegenal group. But it's what our group is called Naiko Capoeira. But we are part of the family, family Quilombolas Capoeira of Mestre Dede, which is one of the oldest Capoeira groups in Salvador. Uh, we celebrated 50, 50 years this year. Um, and so we call ourselves a Capoeira group. So we're not Hegenal, we're not Angola. We like to say we play whatever the Birimbao plays. But then we're not contemporaneous group like Abada or Corrigioro either. It's like, it's traditional capoeira from Salvador. That's, it's hard to put a name on, like whether it's Hegenal, Angola, Contemporanea. It's like really hard to put your finger on. It's just the capoeira that we play in Bahia. And so it is quite different. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, quite different technically, like, you know, and obviously in capoeira Hegenal, you have one bit of Malvis, Pandero, that kind of thing. And then, Angola, you have your full battery, a couple of um, bandage Angola, this kind of thing. So the battery is different and the kind of gameplay is different. So that was one thing, because I come from a really traditional regional background to open my mind to more types of capoeira. Although I had um in Oxford, so Oxford obviously small place, but we're very lucky. So we had the Hegenal group, but also uh Mestri Masalo Angola, he has an Angola group there as well. So we train with them sometimes as well. So a little bit of a lull in itself, you know, just a little. So yeah, here in, in Salvador, you have to be able to play everything because yeah, you can turn up to a hoda, it'll start as an Angola hoda, and then it'll turn into a kind of Sabrenta Grandjiji Angola hoda, and then they'll start at the end playing Sabrenta Grandjiji and You have to be able to play all three if you want to play in the hoda. So that was fun. Um, what else? So the other thing that people obviously... Before you come to Brazil, people say to you, you know, be careful. Like here in, like in Europe, you know, the hot is a friendly, you know, you don't really expect anyone to try and beat you up or anything like that. And in Brazil, you know, it's more of a fight. So you have to be prepared for that. So I was prepared for that. And that I found that that's true. And that's also not true. So like, if you visit like an academy, you know, they are safe places because capoeira has become really professional here in Salvador. A lot of, you know, people do it, do it for their work. They teach capoeira at school. They have academies full of children and young people. So they have a vested interest in making sure their academies are really safe. Um, so there's that side of it. But then there are street hotters where it is kind of an anything goes kind of environment. In some ways, I think I'm lucky being female because, um, you know, I'm not like, you know, those big male capoeiristas with all the muscles, they're not going to, want to pick on me too much you know because that that'll be bad for them because they but yeah the female capoeiristas here they they like to get into it as well and yeah so the kicks are real you you know you have to learn to esquiva thank goodness i have now finally um, so yeah so it can be quite intense um but that's part of the fun a little bit of the danger but um yeah i find it's uh you know before before i came to brazil the stories that i was told about what it would be like and you know the violence and what it would be like um uh yeah it wasn't quite like that it was a much, it's a much more communal environment where you know 
these days that we're all cup already to this is not there's a lot less infighting and unexpected people unexpectedly wanting to make their name on top of you and like beat you up and that doesn't I haven't really experienced very much of that thank goodness <laughs> it sounds like of the capoeira in Bay, but potentially overplayed a bit um, when talked about outside of Brazil. Yeah, yeah. But then again, like um, if you go to Sao Paulo, like the Roda de Republica, or if you go to Brasilia, I mean, there are still street holders that are intense, really intense. But I think um, by here it's maybe calmed down a bit because, like I said, a lot more people are, they're a, prof they're a professional capoeirista and they teach children and they do public shows. And things like that and you know fist fights in the street that you know everyone can see it just gives capoeira a bad name so people here are more conscious of you know maintaining the good name of capoeira in the community and how's it been navigating the capoeira world in Bahia as a foreigner uh sort of coming in has that made much of a difference or have you not really noticed it um oh no i definitely <laughs> you definitely notice it people meet you they just assume you can't speak portuguese and you have to go no no i speak portuguese it's fine <laughs> i mean not now obviously it's been a while but when i first arrived it was all like that i find so it's great um, the capoeira community in Bahia is enormous because there are so many capoeiras here but it's also really small like it feels like everyone knows each other because everyone's been playing capoeira since they were children They've all been going to the same events for like 20, 30 years. So everyone knows each other. So when you turn up to a hodder, 80% of the people there know each other. And so if you're part of that 80%, that's really nice. If you're not part of that 80%, you're a bit like, okay. <laughs> and then that also comes into the to the play in the hodder as well. Like, oh, like if you're watching a hodder, you're like, oh, I want to play with my friend. I haven't played with that guy for three years. You know, someone will buy to play with them. If they don't know you, they might be less inclined to want to buy and play with you or they might buy in front of you and things like that because they don't know you. So that's, I mean, that's the thing that you see a lot. But I guess I was lucky because, um, yeah, the first time they came here to Bahia was with my maestri and he, you know, he also is, knows a lot of people here. So he, so yeah, to turn up with someone who knows people who can introduce you is obviously the gate really great. But now my husband is a capoeirista. He's been playing capoeira here in Salvador for 30 years. Professor Pickle in the Bahia, I don't think I've dropped his name yet. I should drop that. So obviously, you know, I have him to introduce me to people and things like that. And so now I know the couple of community here pretty well. So so now it feels fine. But yeah, the first couple of, maybe the first year, it was quite daunting often to show, show up a hotter and feel like everyone knows each other and you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and how have you found teaching capoeira as a, a foreigner in Bahia? Is that uh, readily accepted or have you found any pushback from that? Um, well, uh, let's say. So I haven't actually, well, I haven't actually found much pushback. Um, so I did my, I, when I, so when I arrived, like I so said, when I arrived in Brazil, I was still with my old group. And I was, I was a graduate, so with my old group. And, but, and I was um, assisting my new group, Naiko Kapoorada, with their teaching, especially with their kids. There were some opportunities to take on some individual teaching. There was a few projects that were like, oh, you know, would you like to come along and you know, teach capoeira to, in, in this project? And I thought about it, but it was really difficult because it's um, it's like I'm here on my own. There's no one else from my group here in, in Salvador. And so the people I would be relying on to, like, help me, like, who would come for me for if I'm sick, who would come along and help play instruments with me if we wanted to do a harder that type of thing would all be from this other group that I wasn't yet part of. And it's like, and it's really difficult. I can't ask these people to like sacrifice their time 
to do work for the name of someone else's group kind of thing. So that was when I decided to change my group and into my new group. And that opened up a lot of doors just because, yeah, I had that confidence that I could like take on projects and start classes and then I would have people to support me and I wouldn't be on my own and asking ridiculous favors from people. And then um, last year I did my formatura and that's like a, that's a big moment, particularly here in Salvador. It's like when you show up to a lot of hotters, like batches out of hotters and things like that, basically you only get to play in the hotter once you have to have to find your formatura, um, you know, with the kids and with the people who are getting there earlier about and so, you know, those things fell into place and I was able to expand my teaching. So now I, I teach more classes as part of our academy and I've started my own classes as well. I will say that my classes are mostly full of women. I don't believe that that is a not being Brazilian thing. I think that is a being a female thing. And, you know, people turn up to a class and, you know, you want to, you aspire to be like the person or you aspire to do the things that the person was teaching the class is doing. And maybe unsurprisingly, the people who turn up and get that feeling with my classes are other women and like, well, that that makes sense. And no complaints whatsoever about that. But, you know, I don't find I get pushback. And I've got the people who do participate in the classes and say that they enjoy the classes say that they quite like that I do have a different teaching style because, yeah, a lot of people here, they, they suck for as a, as a kid and you learn a lot of it through osmosis. Obviously, you turn up the classes, you turn up the hotter, you see things and you just figure out what's going on. And, you know, and that's a great way to learn. But because, you know, I started older and just come from a different kind of world of learning, it's much more breaking things down, explaining things in more detail. And some students really appreciate that. So I say that's maybe one of the things that sets my, my classes apart. So the people that like that kind of class really enjoy this. What are your, have you got any goals that you're working towards with your own capoeira or your classes? Or are you just seeing uh... where the path leads you? Well, definitely trying to, um, so obviously the pandemic, everyone is going to say the same thing. The pandemic was a hard time for Capoeira. We lost a lot of students during the pandemic, you know, just especially students that are around that age, you know, between maybe 18 and 25, they start working, they start getting married, they start having kids and stuff like that, and they just kind of drift away from Capoeira. And then with the pandemic, a lot of them stopped and just haven't come back. So a big goal that, you know, we have for the group is to, you know, recruit a lot more students and build the group back up to the, the level that it was before the pandemic. I'm sure I'm not the only person who would have that goal. <laughs> so that's a big one. For me personally, like I said, I only did my formatura last year, so I don't really have any um, graduation-related goals on the horizon. But my big dream now is my social mortal. I've been working on quite a few Florida's, but I still I haven't got my social mortal yet. And I'm determined I'm going to get it this year. I've already lined up all the people who are gonna you know help us help me get that this year because um one thing that we lack here is um in England often when we train Flores we go to the gymnastic studios with the bouncy floors and the foam pits and stuff like that we don't have those here <laughs> we get to the beach you find a you know a little hill of sand and you you hope for the best but yeah I'm determined to get that this year and why I bother to mention it is because I, one thing that people say to me a lot, especially new students, is I will never be able to, or I will never be able to. And that really kind of gets on my nerves. Because I always remind people, I, I started Capoeira when I was 28. And, you know, and people say, unless you're a kid, you'll never get um, like a, a macaco or paliasso, and you'll never be able to do all the movements with the spine and stuff like that. And it's like, well, I started when I was 28, and these are movements that I do. 
and maybe obviously not like you know there's kids that don't have spines not like they do it but you know these are all things that you can learn so that's why for me it's an important goal not just because I want to be able to do it because it's super cool but it's part of that that process of that I, this where people say but I can't but I can't say like, you can it's all it's about the process so fingers crossed let's see ask me in six months good luck what is capoeira wow well for me I gotta want to maybe say that capoeira is life because uh, uh is it Mr. has that music like everything good in my life it's capoeira that gave it to me and we say that but for me where I am currently in my life I feel like that is really true I'm like I'm living in Brazil I've met my current partner the work that I do right now it's all even if it's not actually capoeira I'm a lot of the connections I've made and things like that they've all been because of capoeira so um yeah for me it's not like a sport that you do or even you know we say it's not a sport it's much more than a sport but it's not like a hobby or a recreational activity it's like a core part of my life and the culture that I'm now part of and and everything that I do and I think for a lot of capoeiras especially here that's very true that it's not just something that they do it's yeah it's a part of who they are um and yeah the longer I live here the more I feel that that's true for me too thank you very much for coming on capoeira are there any other closing thoughts or comments you'd like to say um, let me think well I just feel I feel bad because uh, I told the whole the story of my capoeira journey right up to before I moved to Brazil and like yeah I don't feel like I gave sufficient I should sufficient plugging to my current group like I said we're called Nayako Capoeira we're a really small group we only have the one nucleo here in Salvador but we're part of the larger capoeira group called Quilombolas Capoeira which is like I said one of the oldest capoeira groups in Salvador 50 years 2023 50 years of capoeira Quilombolas and yeah really proud to be part of this group and like for me, like I said, I did my formatura last year and to do it here in Brazil and to have like mysteries who I've idolized from a distance for years, turn up to the event, play with me for my formatura, you know, recognize me with their title and like invite me to play in the hotters and things like that has been like something that you could only imagine. Like I remember back in Oxford, back in the day when I got like my second or third belt, I can't remember. And the guy who was teaching our classes, who I mentioned, Dorado, he got his professor belt. You were like, wow, that's amazing. That That is something that you, know, you don't even imagine for yourself. And, you know, so for to, like I say, to be on that road and to have that is kind of crazy, incredible and something that I wouldn't have imagined even like five years ago. So that's kind of something. Yeah, I kind of forget where I was going with that, but, you know, there you go. The link to your group in the, the episode description if uh, I want to check that out. So if anybody wants to get in touch, you can find us at thelifecapoeira gmail.com and we're on Facebook and Instagram with the same name. So thank you very much, Eskifa, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and good luck uh, with Immortal. And I'm six months, I believe. <laughs> we'll find out how you've got on. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, an interesting experience. And yeah, I'll be looking out for future episodes of the podcast to hear from other people as well. Ciao. Ciao.